listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Hour number two of Miller and Moulton on this first Monday of March. Ah, uh, what a great sports month. Glad you could take it in with us. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Hope you had a great weekend. Thanks for starting the first full week of March with us. We'll talk a little Rays and a little Lightning coming up in the next 90 or so minutes. Hey, I have a question. Have you ever heard this expression before? Tough as woodpecker lips. No. <laughs> I kind of hit you out of left field. No, I just, I'm, I'm <laughs> tough as woodpecker I, lips. Lips. Yes. That, this is the not key, an FCC violation. Key I, part I of that sentence is lips. Lips. Tough as woodpecker lips. I like it. All right. I get it. I've never heard it before. I had never heard it either. All right. And then I stumbled across something over the weekend. You know, I threw in the little college baseball thing there at the end of the starting five because it was a big weekend in state. All right. FGCU, Florida State, Florida, Miami, all playing series against one another. And uh, FGCU went to Tallahassee, took two or three for the nationally ranked Knowles. And a college baseball site called Next Level Baseball said, well, if the adage is true that teams take on the personality of their head coach, well, FGCU head coach Dave Tillette is as tough as woodpecker lips. You know, it doesn't sound like a compliment, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> well, first thing, and it's not often, you know, when you reach hell, we're past middle age. And you get to our age, and you actually have to look something up. I'm like, damn, before I laugh or react to this, I got to know what the heck I'm laughing or reacting to. So apparently, it's also the title of a book. And apparently, it's a series of, like, motivational books. Tough as woodpecker lips. Huh. I didn't know. The first title was Soft as Baby Dung. That didn't really do much for motivation. <laughs> Part one. Right. Right. <laughs> so remember how last year, right around this time, it was a few weeks from now, but we adopted pretty much for 2022, Bob, I think it's Castellano, the COO of the Cincinnati Reds, when he looked into the camera and basically said to the disgruntled fans, hey, where are you going to go? And that kind of became our slogan for the rest of 2022. Because you can use it a lot of different, you know, instances. And we did. Hey, where are you going to go? Well, now, Mark, I'm just wondering if for the rest of 2023, if we could, in honor of either Next Level Baseball, who, you know, printed it publicly, or in honor of FGCU baseball coach Dave Tillette, Okay, for the rest of 2023, can our motto, our slogan be, well, that's tough as woodpecker lips. I will say they need to get a bunch of Woody Woodpecker t-shirts to wear underneath their jerseys right now. 
Woody Woodpecker uh, on the front, toughest Woodpecker lips on the back, and that needs to be their undergarment that they're wearing right now. That's that's what I'd be doing. When they're taking BP, yeah. they're wearing that over, you know, their their jersey top and what have you. Yeah. You know, as Paul pointed out, we had a slogan. I think it was either I think it was the year after the pandemic. So 2021, I think our slogan was you jerk in my bobber. Okay, we we basically we have a slogan per year. We've been doing it now for a little while. We have about a poll question a year too, but that's a whole nother problem that we <laughs> exactly. have. Exactly. Okay. So I early nomination. I mean, it's in the first quarter of the year. It, it's still early. All right. We went from you jerking my bobber to hey, where are you gonna go? And now, all right. Tough as woodpecker lips. Miller and Moulton. Tough as woodpecker lips. <laughs> I will say. Sounds really badass. I mean, it, well, you know, we're not, but it sounds tough. I, plus, also, it's so uncommon. I, I just think it would, it would get people's attention. All of a sudden, you start listening to your favorite radio station, your favorite podcast. You turn on your favorite TV show. How about a local news station? Okay, NBC two, tough as woodpecker lips. I mean, you know, what do you say? You're and you know, pick a station. You know, you're third in the ratings. You know, you need you need a marketing pick me up. You know, you just. I know, but you can be the Woodies. It's just tough to call yourself the other end of that. <laughs> like the community we serve. Channel 10, Action News Jacks, tough as woodpecker lips. No? No, it's more the it's more the flamethrowing rocker. <laughs> it's a two true. for Tuesday on 95 Q Rock, tough as woodpecker lips. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it really has more of the more of the heat of a of an old FM rocker. So I, I I mean, you can go to Amazon and buy, you know, tough or tougher than woodpecker lips. I mean, it, it's right there. Maybe that should be a read this year on the uh, flights for you, David. You can get all motivated for your spotting duties reading tougher than woodpecker lips. I mean, I'm looking at a series of uh, covers right here. So, anyway. So, apparently, it it means... You're very strong. You're tough. You're resilient. Which I'm guessing we all could have, you know, come up with that ourselves. But that's apparently officially the definition and explanation. I mean, I'd like to think so. Somebody calls you tougher than woodpecker lips. I mean, at first, I don't know whether to punch the guy in the mouth or go, huh. Might be one of the nicest compliments I've ever received. So... There's apparently a coffee mug, tough as woodpecker lips. I had never heard of this before. And now, granted, it, I'm I'm not the coolest guy in the world. You know, I'm not you know totally up to date on everything that's going on. We all know that. But had you ever heard it before? Actually, I hadn't. Felipe? I gotta lie, this is foreign territory to me. Okay. 
I mean, it makes sense. 99.3, your rock station. Tough as woodpecker. That's what it is right there. And it actually, it's a Midwestern rock station, too. It's somewhere in Minnesota, <laughs> Wisconsin, Michigan, somewhere like that. Maybe in the Upper Peninsula. Sue St. Marie's rocker, tough as woodpecker lips. We should have like a bird expert on the show talk about the science of how tough woodpecker lips actually are. Big Ten basketball, tough as woodpecker lips. <laughs> That's how they play defense. That tournament starts this week in the race to 65 to see who can win the first round games. Oh, boy. The bubble, tough as woodpecker lips. No. The bubble soft as baby dung this year, David. Oh, man, is it ever. And by the way, is this maybe the year to point out to the coaches in particular who want to expand this tournament? Are you serious? We got teams with 13 and 14 losses that are on the bubble. And you want to add another two dozen teams? Seriously? Come on. How about we just actually do this the right way? How about like Penn State, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Michigan? How about they just all stay home? How about they all go to the NIT? You know, and then let in the mid-majors who are really good, who have won 27 games but lose in their conference final. Well, David, if we expanded the tournament to 96, then all these mid-majors would get in, but we'd make sure that the entire Big Ten and the entire Big 12 would be in the tournament. Right. I have to make sure it's like SEC softball. Everybody's in. Then we fill out the rest of the bracket. Come on. And by the way, Mark, you and I both know, with the extra two dozen teams, how many of them are going to be mid-majors? Two. Four. Yeah. Yeah, Two to four. Yeah. In fact, that's a new slogan, okay? The mid-majors getting into the NCAA tournament. It's as tough as woodpecker lips. Well, look at it this way. Out of the last four in, one mid-major, Nevada. And this is on Shelby Mass' list right now. First four out, one mid-major, Utah State. Next four out, one mid-major, Bradley. So out of the last 12 teams that are getting into the tournament, three. You know, basically it's a 25% shot for these mid-majors as they get down to the end of this. There's one on each line. And we don't need any of these tournament te- teams in the tournament regardless. But it's going to go to 96 because that's what the coaches want and that's what Greg Sankey wants. Yeah, well, if Greg Sankey wants it, well, it's happening. But this would be a great time for all the college basketball writers and national college writers to start penning their columns about how what a bad idea this would be to expend this tournament right now because they've got the data in front of them to point out how awful it would be. In fact, this might be a year in which can we cut back to 64. How about if Dayton just says, no, we've seen the list of teams who may come here, and we're good. We're good. We don't need to do that this year. We're fine. (laughs) I'm sorry. I just have tough as woodpecker lips still on my mind. We're going to have to get you past the woodpecker. (laughs) I'd never heard it before. (laughs) None of us had. I, is that a compliment or not? No, it actually shows. I mean, come on. We've heard most of the dumb phrases that that are out there, and we've missed this one. Right. 
I mean, it's Miller and Moulton. We know dumb phrases. But tough as woodpecker lips has <laughs> slipped past sure. us. And you got to be careful. Got to make sure you get it right. Also, I mean, it's good, but you have to pronounce it properly. Where do you emphasize what? It's very key. Ninety-two-three WNEW, where rock lives. We're as tough as woodpecker lips. Miller and Moulton, Steve Carney coming up at around 25 minutes' time. He'll talk some Rays with us. Henry Yoho covers the Bolts. He will join us at 8 o'clock to talk about what has gone on with the Lightning. We are Miller and Moulton. Tough as woodpecker lips. Yeah! You're listening to Miller and Moulton exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 21 minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Thanks so much for being with us on this first Monday of March. Heck, week from today, we'll know who's in the tournament already. Man, the sports world, it, it does not stop, man. It's Players Week on the PGA Tour, right? Yep. And man, it just years moving along. Steve Carney, he covers the Rays and baseball in the St. Pete area. He'll join us coming up in about 25 minutes. Henry Yoho covers the Lightning. Whoa, what is going on with the Lightning? Lost five in a row, had four shots on goal through two periods yesterday after their best players all got benched for the third period on Saturday. Four shots through two periods, zero shots in the second period. Do you know how hard that is to do? <laughs> a dump in didn't even you know go on net. I know. So little rays, little lightning coming up. Hey, did you pay any attention at all to the combine? I didn't watch a second of it. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> good. I'd be concerned if you did. I listen to a bunch of NFL radio because sometimes they get some really good interviews and I get to learn a little bit about a guy that I wouldn't have ever learned about. So I find some of their interviews to be terrific. Okay. Um, I did hear about Anthony Richardson jumping so high that quarterbacks will forever be changed by his vertical leap. Mark, high and far. Right. Okay, yes. And he's very fast. Yes. All right. He ran a four four four, I believe. I, I believe that's what his forty time was. All right. This just in, that's fast. That's even fast for a wide receiver, and he's a quarterback as we know. And he's six four, and he's two forty, and it, you know, yeah. So his his numbers, Mark, because that's what the combine is. Uh, combine is for goobers. His numbers are amazing. I, they are. Let's. I, we can no, stop they're... joking for a second. They're amazing. They are. So now we have to figure out, because if so, this guy should be taken forever live up to the numbers. Because if so, this guy should be taken first overall. Canton. I mean, let's, let's not pull any punches. No, put him in Canton right now. Based off the vertical jump, he's in Canton. 
So, and of course, he plays that position. Was amazing. But apparently, C.J. Stroud's workout was amazing. Apparently, Will Levis's workout was tremendous. By the way, have you heard Will Levis talking about Will Levis? Whoa! LeBron goes, dude, enough of the third person, okay? I mean, Will Levis loves me some Will Levis. Oh, man. T.O. is like blushing. That's how much Will Levis loves Will Levis. I mean, does he realize he plays basketball? Please. Please. Ah, so anyway, throw when everybody else did saying he doesn't want a lot of people that he didn't throw when everybody else did saying he doesn't want a lot of people that he didn't throw when everybody else did saying he doesn't want to get some credit because now it is why the quarterbacks who threw get some credit because this is not them scripting what they're going to do. This is actually the NF doing and throwing. Okay, you ready? And then they tell you what we're doing and throwing and what have you. So, oh, all right. But anyway, the quarterbacks, which is normally the case, Mark, the quarterbacks were the story. And I will say there's a lot of speed in this draft. I mean, it's the only part that I paid attention to. I kept seeing all these 40 times on my Twitter feed. And I will say defensively, damn, the guys are fast. I mean, they really are. It's like, wow. They move a little faster now than they used to. Look at that. But so there you have it, Mark. The quarterbacks and their measurables. And Bryce Young is short, but he's got big hands. And we all know how important that is, Mark, because remember, Joe Burrow, small hands. We all knew what a concern that was coming out of the draft three years ago. Oh, I don't know. Joe Burrow. Yeah, it looks good, but it's got small hands. Oh, well, in that case, small hands. But with Bryce Young, you've got a small guy. You got (laughs) Kyler Murray. You got Russell Wilson. You got Drew Brees. In fact, Brees is like, what do you – hey, they measured us in shoes in my day. I was 6'1", six foot and a half an inch. Yeah, you were wearing the same shoes Chris Rock wore on stage Saturday night, too. platforms (laughs) platforms <laughs> uh, so that's all worth mentioning mark all right worth mentioning the other thing that happened did you see the lineman went down in the combine running the 40 no an old lineman from oklahoma which why are they running right Come on. I mean, pulled a hamstring. It's not going to be that significant. But why Why are we having offensive linemen run 40-yard dashes? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is a little ridiculous. It's like Richardson with the vertical jump. It's impressive as hell. And the broad jump. How many ver- – I mean, is he going to new – is it the new jump pass where we jump as high as we can and throw the football? So Bryce Young can choose, choose not to throw, but this guy has to run? Well, he could have no. He could have chosen not to run. The big difference. Oh, they don't have to do any of this. But for guys who are 
not in really Lyman all run, and it's really only quarterbacks that sit out of any part of this. But you can sit out. You don't have to participate. Right. But I was enjoying the salivating that was going on, Mark, over the weekend because the quarterbacks went last too. I, I mean, just you know, people been eating steak and shrimp for four or five days in Indianapolis, and then they then they wheel the quarterbacks out. I mean, man, it was just like bulldogs in heat. But you're right. It was a bad weekend for Bryce Young because the three other quarterbacks all competed, all looked really good competing. Yeah, to its various degrees, yes. Mm-hmm. But that's where we are with the combine and where we go now is the play of the day brought to you by Clutch Vodka. That's Clutch with a K. Felipe, what basketball highlight do you have for us today? Well, you're right about that one. It was a crazy day in the NBA yesterday. The Knicks went into Boston with a two-point lead in double overtime and won their ninth straight game. Knicks defending quickly. Robinson, Randall Hart, and Barrett. To Tatum in the backcourt. Five seconds in the front court. Four seconds driving right to Horford. Corner three. Short. One second to go. That's it. The Knicks win their ninth straight game. Coming back in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, going to double overtime, and they win it in Boston. I mean, this is unbelievable. This is the 90s all over again. This is unheard of in my lifetime, at least. It is in your lifetime. Emmanuel Emmanuel quickly played 55 minutes and only had one turnover. Tom Thibodeau has not gotten the load management memos, by the way. No. Well, it's because they don't really have superstars. They have Ah. good players, but they don't have superstars. And superstars are the only ones that are on load management, apparently. So you're saying if the Knicks get a star... Then there will be load management on the Knicks. Huh. Good to know. It's the way it seems, and that's our Clutch Vodka play of the day. It's Knicks with a K, and it's Clutch with a K. Oh, there you go. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. What are a generation of sports fans and sportscasters going to do if they can't make fun of the New York Knicks anymore? It's a decent amount of material that just went away. Miller and Moulton, thanks for being with us. Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes. Before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. David Sampson, Pat Kerwin on the show tomorrow. Henry Yoho covers the lightning to join us coming up at the top of the hour. Steve Carney's kind enough to join us today. stpete9.com, stpete9.com. He also hosts Under the Orange Roof podcast. Follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y. Steve, it's David and Mark once again. Thanks for your time. How are you? Leave it to a Monday to screw up the phones once again around these parts because, well. Well, well, normally they'd get tested beforehand. But hopefully we can reconnect with Steve here coming up momentarily. So Steve, who's. 
uh, friends with the late Dave Wills and Steve, who's been a part of Ray's broadcasts before. So it's another reason why we wanted Steve on, okay, not just to talk about the Rays, but also to talk about the passing of longtime Rays radio man Dave Wills yesterday, suddenly, shockingly, at the age of 58. And hopefully we can catch back up with Steve momentarily. But, Mark, we talked about the importance, and we've done it before, the importance of broadcasters. And for the most part, you know, the media has never been less regarded than it is right now. I mean, just, you know, we've never been a bigger piece of toe jam than we are right now. And while the national ratings show it doesn't matter if Joe Buck, Jim Nance, Mike Tirico is broadcasting the game, people are either going to watch or they're not going to watch. But we've always felt it's very different when it's your local team. Like, we felt the Marlins that Jeter's biggest mistake was getting rid of Rich Waltz and Tommy Hutton as his television broadcast group. And when you're the Rays, you're a team that's void of stars, that they're a team that promotes from within. They have a certain way they do business. It's been very effective, but it's not the most fan-friendly team where it's household names. Even more so where the broadcasters fill in a huge void of a team that lacks star power. And Dwayne Stats and Brian Anderson have had an on-air chemistry for over a decade now on television. The Rays TV broadcasts do terrific numbers. But also Dave Wills and Andy Freed, okay, had a connection. And they had it right away, too. I mean, Andy released a statement yesterday at the passing of his good friend in which he said, I I don't know what it was, but it really did seem like we were brothers. Okay, we just, we got along that well, that quickly. And they had a good time also. They were pros. They always gave you the nuts and bolts that, you know, you and I maybe are more into than others because we've actually been minor league broadcasters, but you know, but they were fun too. And I think we can hear Steve Carney joining us. Steve, it's David and Mark. Can you hear us? Ah, uh, third time's always the charm. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Follow Steve on Twitter at Steve Carney, C A R N E Y. Well, we were just talking about the passing uh, of your friend, Dave Wills. And I know you've been a part of the Rays broadcast before. Just first off, you know, our condolences but also just, you know, reflect on uh, a guy who, along with Andy Freed, I mean, that that radio tandem has made a real, you know, contribution to that franchise. Yeah, you got to remember when they started in 2005, guys, uh, the Rays were, oh, how do I put this gently? Horrible <laughs> as, a, as a franchise uh, on the field. But uh, they really made it uh, appointment listening they were they were entertaining uh and they were able to bring out uh the good points in a team that wasn't very good and hide a lot of the bad points i remember uh just being uh you know fascinated with how they were able to take chicken you know what and turn it into chicken salad uh it's just a, an incredible an incredible uh accomplishment that they were able to do and a, a large part of that was Dave's gregarious nature. He was 
you know, he could be loud, he could be boisterous, but he was very insightful uh, and, and really, really funny on the air. And he really made uh, a, a lasting impact uh, on a team that, uh, for fans that were dealing with a team that wasn't very good, that just a couple of years later got very, very good. But even when they got good, Steve, they've always lacked star power. They do things a different way. So I would think for a team like the Rays, it's even more important to have the broadcast duo that they had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, everybody talks about uh, consistency. And when you can't have the consistency on the field, sometimes the consistency comes from other places. It's why, uh, you know, throughout uh, the early parts of the, of the Rays' success, uh, when you weren't having the same guys on the field, apart from, let's say, Evan Longoria, uh, the the people that you gravitated towards were guys like Joe Madden. Uh, well, and then when Joe left and Kevin Cash took over, still the same thing has happened. Everybody gravitated towards Dave and Andy because they were the one consistent piece that you knew you were going to have every single night. Dave Wills passing away suddenly yesterday at the age of 58. And, uh, you know, Steve, the other thing, as somebody who's in this business and you've been a part of the Rays broadcast before, is, you know, some tandems hit it off. Like, Mark and I have chemistry, okay? We don't have Dave Wills, Andy Freed chemistry. I mean, (laughs) you know, Andy released a statement yesterday in which he just said, you know, from day one, it just seemed like we were brothers, yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, and sometimes uh, tandems fake it. You know, there there are uh, duos out there that don't like each other much, uh, and you know, when when they're not on the air, you won't see them talking to each other at all. And that was not the case with Dave and Andy. They were uh, thick as thieves, uh, especially. Uh, during the season, you know, there were many, many years where, uh, you know, the three of us were spending pretty much every waking hour and, and every working hour together uh, trying to make the best raised broadcast possible. And so I consider myself extremely fortunate to have had those many, many years uh, together with those guys. And they're moments that I will always cherish. I know it's obvious. These are going to be really big shoes to fill. I mean, the Rays radio numbers have been, we've talked about this before, Steve, the Rays radio and television numbers have been sensational. While it's not always great at the gate, people watch and people listen. This is going to be a a tall task for the Rays to to get this right of whoever. Absolutely. And this is something that uh, I I don't think the team was expecting to have to do right now. I mean, you think about it, uh, a couple of years ago, the Athletic did, a uh, survey of the most popular uh, radio broadcasters in Major League Baseball. And in the American League, Dave and Andy were number one. Uh, They were the best team uh, radio duo in the American League, number two overall in Major League Baseball. It's going to be very, very difficult. And uh, I don't know what the team is uh, planning on doing. I would assume uh, that Neil Solant will be uh, a big part of things moving forward. But, uh, you know, I, Neil knows, uh, having been there as long as Neil, as he has, I mean, you think about it, he's been there now, uh, I believe this is Neil's 11th season uh, as, the, uh, broad, as a broadcaster with the Rays. Uh, you know, the, whoever ends up being the permanent uh, replacement, and I, and I use that term kind of loosely for Dave Wills, because let's face it, nobody can replace 
Dave Wills. Uh, and hopefully whoever does end up sitting in that seat to the left of Andy Freed doesn't try to replace Dave. He's Steve Carney, stpete9.com, stpete9.com, also hosts Under the Orange Roof podcast. Follow Steve on Twitter, Steve Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y. All right, if we can for a moment, the team, you know, it's funny. It was just a couple years ago in which they had like one starter and three openers. And now, if Glassnow can ever stay healthy, they've got five starters, don't they? Are they even going to need an opener? Uh, yeah, this year, I would say uh, the the opener concept may be going the way of the flightless dodo bird because not only do, do the Rays have five starters, the Rays really have seven or eight starters that they can look at uh, this year. Even even with Glass now out, uh, you know you've got the four guys that were planning to be in the rotation around him: McClanahan, Rasmussen, Eflin, and Springs. Plus, you have Yanni Chirinos and Josh Fleming and Luis Patino. Oh, yeah, and Taj Bradley, their top pitching prospect. He's a starter as well. So, really, you're looking at eight, maybe even nine guys that could start games uh, for this uh, for this team and not be an opener. That's just strange news altogether with the Rays. <laughs> How are they going to have the run support to keep up with the Blue Jays and the Yankees? You know, that's that's the, the major question, and that's the question that we have been asking uh, Eric Neander, the president of baseball operations, and Peter Bendix, the general manager, since uh, they didn't really make a splash uh, and sign uh, a big free agent uh, back during the, uh, during the offseason. I know they were in on a couple of them, uh, but they weren't able to, uh, to land the deal. Uh, it's going to end up coming internally. Uh, they're hoping that having a full season of Brandon Lau and a full season of Wander Franco uh, are going to be the, the two biggest pieces uh, that caused them to uh, drop almost 200 runs between 2021 and 2022. They're hoping for full seasons from both of them, and if they can get that, I think they can get back to close to uh, their 2021 levels, but uh, it's going to take uh, all hands on deck approach. That's for sure. Well, from the spring training that you've experienced thus far with the rule changes, one, your thoughts, but also two, you know, the Rays have been a team that has had pitching defense and speed. Do these rule changes actually help the Rays both when they're in the field and maybe this will help their offense. They can run a little bit. Yeah, I think so. Uh, the pitch clock, I think, has been uh, eye-opening uh, for a lot of fans. I got a chance to see it uh, a little bit during the Florida State League last year, uh, and it really has made a significant difference uh, in the terms of the length of a lot of these games. Uh, you look at their game the other day in Tampa against the Yankees. They scored 24 runs. They combined, I should say, for 24 runs on 29 hits, and that game still took less than three hours to play. So that's a, that's a very, very good sign for the, the fact that, you know, these games are, are going to be moving it along at a much uh, quicker pace than they had in, in years past. So that, I think, is a good thing. Uh, and I talking to Kevin Cash yesterday about it, I think that they have enough guys that work quickly already that – that you're going to be able to see them try and get into the heads of some hitters' timings, kind of like you saw with Max Scherzer 
uh, and the way that he's been trying to manipulate the pitch clock to try and mess with hitters' timing. Uh, the other thing is is that you are going to see more running uh, or throughout the league, and I think that the Rays, you're right, do have the the right number uh, of guys that can go out there and steal maybe even uh, as many as 30 or 35 bags. I, I think Randy Rosarena is going to be running a lot. I think Wander Franco is going to be running a lot. Uh, you're going to uh, if Vidal Brujan makes the team. Uh, he's going to be running a lot because those are three very, very quick guys. And I think that you could see them really push the issue, much like the Crawford-Upton days uh, back in the uh, the start as we go full circle to those uh, significant raised teams from the early, uh, or I should say from like 2008 and on. Once again, Steve, our condolences about the loss of your good friend Dave Wills, and uh, thanks for making time for us today, and hopefully we can do this again before opening day. Oh, I, I look forward to it, guys. Thank you so much. Steve Carney, stpete9.com, stpete9.com. Also, Under the Orange Roof is his podcast, Raise Baseball, and a few other things. Follow Steve on Twitter, Steve Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y. I think it's a great point you make that they've got some team speed. They're not the the best hitting team out there. They may have to take advantage of the new rules and see if they're moving, you know, a lot of hit and run, see if they're stealing bases, see what they can do to produce, produce some offense that way. They're obviously a playoff contender. I mean, they made the playoffs last year. They've made the playoffs more times than not here lately. Do you view them as a legit, they can win the AL East team? Or do you just view them as, eh, they're a wild card team? They're a wild card team to me. It's funny. I actually view them as, I wish they had one more bat. I Man, do I wish they had one more bat, but I don't know. You know, you know my thoughts on the Yankees. You know, Judge hit 412 homers, and they played 500 baseball the last half of the season last year, and basically 500 baseball in the playoffs too. So I actually think the AL East is in play. I think the Rays are legit contenders for the East. Henry Yoho will